Hello, Guardians. Today is August the 4th, 2023. My name's Dan Finity, and welcome to Destiny Digest. Thank you so much for listening to the show. If you're listening to this in real time or the weekend that it releases, I am currently at GCX in Orlando. If you're in Orlando at GCX and you see me on the show floor, uh, come up and say Pomplamoose to me. I have some bearded heart emote pins to give out to folks who, who know the password. That said, I'm recording this on Wednesday, so I don't really have a lot of news from Destiny 2 this week, but I do have a conversation with Rhino666 from the Loose Cannon podcast, uh, talking about the lore of the season, talking about his history with uh, Armory Defined. One thing that we forgot to mention was that he makes props. Uh, he 3D prints props all the time uh, for his Etsy shop. Wonderful dude, and I'm excited for you to hear this conversation. So without any further ado, let's get into it. I don't know how like far back you you went like with Destiny Podcast, but I was like, I started out with like Guardian Radio as my first show that I like listened to. Cause I was Me like, oh. yeah. yeah, that's where I started. Yeah. Oh yeah. Listen, I, I joined, I started listening to guardian radio episode like 30. Yeah. And then what did they do? They ended up doing like, Oh, what was it? Like 400 or 500 episodes. I don't know. Yeah. I, I feel, I feel like it was that many. It probably wasn't, but <laughs> I, I remember because the only person that would really talk about Destiny was uh, more console, Alan, you know? Yeah. And um, and Bife, I actually knew about Bife before he started doing Destiny lore because he used to do a, a Reach Forge channel on YouTube, which, you mm-hmm. know, like did the Halo stuff. And um, it was funny because I heard about more console and then this was like almost... 10 months before the game even came out he was hyping up destiny and yeah. we had all known you know be, being previous halo people we had all known hey this is uh this is definitely going to be the the next big thing well i i uh i i reserved a copy of destiny a year before it came out <laughs> at at best buy because yeah. they were the only people that you could pre-order it from and yeah, uh, and it town. was kind of like yeah, they represented it as, you know, the more people that pre-order this game, the more plausible it's going to come out. So I was like, I was one of those people that believed that. And so I went and bought the game and I was like, fuck it, I'll just the buy more it. Plausible. Like yeah, it's a yeah, Kickstarter? Yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we didn't have Kickstarter back then, guys. So, uh, <laughs> so, so you know, I was absolutely wrong about that. I didn't know anything about games or social yeah. media for, for that much. Uh, I just knew that I really loved halo and i really loved bungie and i wanted to play whatever they were working on next yeah. you know i'm a bungie i'm a bungie nerd so um i played all their games forever but anyway long story short i found more console because he's the only person talking about it and then he said hey man you need to go to gamestop and buy the collector's edition and i did and they mm-hmm. sold out within like not even two days and uh you know the rest was history because then he he was invited to um, whatever it was, and and Bife joined him and uh, a guy I knew on 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 Twitter because of Halo, uh, uh, joined him BioWolf, 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> hashtag hashtag oh. Wayne Biowolf. Dude, I haven't heard that name in a while. Yeah, he he dropped off the face of the planet. Um, but he's he you know I guess he's still out there doing good. Uh, last yeah. thing I heard, he was working at I don't know the zoo or something. But anyway, oh, so they they started Peasant Guard. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then that was it. So Peasant Guard started, and uh, they were like the first Destiny team that evolved from all this. I didn't know anything about what Destiny was going to be, other than the fact that we thought well, maybe they'll do some kind of MLG and maybe they'll be mm-hmm. competitive. And and I thought, well, maybe this will be a game I can get into and kind of like, you know, just kind of be serious about because Halo is a very serious MLG type of game. Yeah. Uh, maybe that they'll kind of be the same way. And then we got into it. I mean, they even had a Red Bull campaign with Flame Sword on it, you know, thinking that the game was going to be MLG worthy, but it wasn't. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And oh man so anyway yeah that's how i got into it and i didn't care about lore at first at all yeah at all i didn't even know i mean well back then we didn't have a story yeah you know so um <laughs> before before we get any deeper <laughs> deeper in <laughs> I know, hey rhino sorry. welcome to destiny digest <laughs> hello hello everybody <laughs> I was I was just broke my chair. Welcome, uh, <laughs> welcome in. So, so uh, you were saying that you like when you first started Destiny, you didn't really even care about the lore. Like, is no. that is that yes. something that like were you in when you were in like previous game communities? Were you interested in the lore? No. Okay. Okay. So so <laughs> Destiny was like that special little seed that was like, hey. So. I mean, I'll I'll back up and preface that like I I was very interested in Halo early on, and uh, I had played Marathon, uh, but so <laughs> you know at the very beginning of all of this, uh, you know, playing games like Doom and Marathon, um, you knew you had an overall overall idea of what the story was, but yeah, it was it was like it was like playing I don't know Contra or you know some old <laughs> arcade game. <laughs> You, you weren't really invested in the story as much as it was kind of leading you along on rails. And that mm-hmm. was what that was what the game was like. This is the game. This is the story in the game. And beyond the game, there wasn't anything else that you really sought to care about. Um, you would talk about it with your friends. And I, I remember when Marathon came out, it was it was a massive deal because, uh, you know, it was so much different from like Doom. Right. Because yeah. in Marathon, you drift you float around, you're really fast. You go to the hallways like extremely fast, but there's a lot of little puzzles and you have to back up and read terminals and stuff like that. And you Mm -hmm. can get sick. You can get sick playing that game, (laughs) but (laughs) there's a lot of motion uh, in that game. But as compared to doom, it was really groundbreaking. Um, Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's what kind of got me into bungee games uh yeah i had i had heard about myth but i was never really an rpg guy or a mmo guy or any of that stuff mm-hmm. uh, outside of that i had played maybe a few tabletop games you know like uh like i played cyberpunk back when you know it was just a uh tabletop, a tabletop <laughs> yeah, <role-playing game>. yeah <laughs> so and, uh there was that story if I cared about a story, there was that, but it wasn't a video game yet. And like marathon, right. it was, it was a video game that barely had a story. You had to look at terminals. And then 
when Halo came out, that was that was it. So like I was yeah. sold, you know. Then mm -hmm. then it was all about the story, Halo, Master Chief, Cortana, you know the whole saga. Everybody knows the story by now. And so that was the first time I ever really immersed myself into a universe uh surrounding a video game, right? Yeah. Um and then, you know, when I had the little murmurs of or heard about Destiny coming out and Bungie had finished up Halo Reach, which is my absolute favorite game, mm -hmm. um, I was sold. I had to go buy it. I had to go buy it so much so that I had to pre-order it a year before it ever came out. <laughs> <laughs> and even to that day, I mean, even it's still, I, I really didn't care about like stories and video games yet, you yeah. know? It wasn't until about three or four months after playing Destiny, because I was one of the, the beta babies that mm -hmm. played the game. And I mean, I spent maybe an hour and a half on that custom that that uh, cr character creation screen in the yeah. in the beta in the beta. My goodness, just analyzing exo faces <laughs> and how I wanted to look and, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. Um. But it wasn't until about three or four months after the game had come out and people had already kind of bagged and ragged all over it and said, this is, you know, you know how people are. And, oh, uh, yeah. And people are so I, I, Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so, you know, we had Twitter at the same time. Uh, mm -hmm. And we had a lot of social media all kind of emerge at the same time. So you had an open forum where people could talk about it that wasn't Reddit or that wasn't some, you know, web page for people to vent at. and uh mm -hmm. it was the first time we had like a, a collective community surrounding a a triple a, a video game you know mm. and so that to me uh i got to see like what was everybody experiencing at the exact same time and it made me hunger for what was destiny supposed to be in in the first place and why why do we not have a story so I started looking things up and I started trying to understand like, what is Grimoire and what are these mm -hmm. people talking about and why, why does everyone say there's no story? You know, I felt like there was plenty of story and, uh, I was completely wrong, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, so, um, that was it. That was what started it. For the folks at home who may not know what you do in the community, out, like, outside of lore and everything um why don't you tell folks who you like what you do in the destiny community and like where they can find you on the internet just in case they don't make it to the end of the episode yeah and so i mean i'm, I'm mostly on twitter uh or whatever it's called today x you know um it'll always be twitter yeah <laughs> it'll always <laughs> the only be twitter. X I care, the only x i care about is ban dude <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. Oh, what in the world? So <laughs> that's where I am mainly mm. <laughs> until it, until it completely, I guess, crumbles. Um, <laughs> but, but I, I've been on Twitter, uh, you know, ranting about, you know, things that have nothing to do with destiny, but also mostly how to connect things to destiny in mm -hmm. one way or another. And so that's really my, my obsessive, my obsessive nature. Um, yeah is trying to figure out what the heck they're talking about. So anyway, like, like I was saying, I'm on Twitter, I'm Rhino. So it's R Y N O X six, six, six. And that's on, on Twitter. But, but more importantly, you could find me on armory defined. Uh, that's my dedicated Twitter handle for uh, all things, destiny lore 
related. Mm. So if you go to at armory defined, you'll find it. And uh, there I do every week I do a lore card, which is like a special lore card that breaks down all of the elements of that specific item and game. And then I mm. elaborate on its context, what the writer's intentions were and what its real world, you know, uh, connect, con- you know, connectivity is, I guess, is what you'd call mm. it, or inter- interconnectedness within the destiny world slash in real world uh, context. And um, man, you can find so many really good ones, uh, some not so much, but but you can find some of these items that just blow your mind. Mm-hmm. And some some provide context to the game that you never thought you would have gotten uh, had it not been for the item. And uh, I tell people this all the time. You know, the 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 most like the most of of Destiny's story is found within the items and flavor text. Um, mm-hmm. Like some of the mo- some of the best stuff is found there. And I've been saying that forever, but um, there there is a, a there is a there is a bridge there that kind of you know creates a connection between everything and and that's what I try to do with Twitter. Mm-hmm. Is how people do it, and that's every every week we do a special lore card, and then if there's some items that are just kind of like relevant, or if I think it's just funny with something that was topical that week or that month, yeah. I'll throw one in there every other week or something like that. Just depends. Have you always? Because I feel like that's an interesting way. Um, you you fill a niche in the community that I don't think a lot of people really dive into on the content creation side where it's like they'll talk they will talk about like the events and then kind of tangentially about the thing that it's named after but they don't really do that like whole deep dive like you do Um, (laughs) yeah yeah so like is that just like something that's always been like have you always done that with things that you've cared about Uh have you just like gone i want to yes. see how all the sausage is made and i want to understand it fully <laughs> before yes, before like yes. putting this out absolutely so um i've always been hyper analytical uh mm-hmm. and 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 like i've had like a really selective um you know I, i've been i've been of an obsession obsessive compulsive person throughout history you know growing up but you know when it came to uh, destiny the 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 main thing that grabbed me was just you know the lack of content that we had surrounding the game early on and so when mm-hmm. i sought when i sought out to find more information we had you know we had a handful of content creators that were really diving into the lore and trying their best to do their do the you know do their best to figure out what what is destiny about and mm-hmm. To do the research what, and everything. Yeah. We had beautiful lore written at the time in Grimoire, and a lot of it was very poetic. The prose was in, written in a certain way that would kind of grab your imagination and just make you think all of these different things about the universe and destiny and without really having anything set in stone. And and that was very much intentional, as they pointed out later in years. Uh, the writers wanted to plant, it, plant seeds Mm-hmm. Uh, early on in the Destiny universe, so that they could grow into something later on, and yeah. call it what you will. You know, some people just dismiss it as, you know, they didn't know what the heck the, the game was, and and they just you know 
rewrote it later on or or retcon you know there's all kinds of neg- negative con- uh, connotation that i've heard spin on that mm-hmm. however i truly do believe that what their intention was is to to write a story with a game that evolved with us and we were really mm-hmm. kind of we were really kind of integral into the development of what the game was going to be so had it not been for the community I don't think Destiny really would have evolved into what it is now. And that that comes from a lot of us, uh, a lot of our participation mm-hmm. around the game. So, um, not knowing what the game was going to be at the time, I sought that information as best I could. I was one of the many other people that was just like, "Hey, where can we figure out this person, you know, in the game and why they're here? And can we run around the the environments to pick up context clues as to what?" What is the Ishar Collective? You know, why do we have a library in Venus? You know, mm-hmm. all of these different things. Uh, why are there statues set in stone that turn into Vex? You know, what yeah. is the Black Heart? What is the heart of the Black Garden? You know, it, it, it's just, it was just phenomenal. Um, yeah. And and it was really kind of eloqu- eloquently delivered early on. And that hunger uh, made a lot of us just want more and more and more. And just like wishing on an awesome car skull you know you 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 can kind of get what you wish for <laughs> mm-hmm. so uh i think the bungee riders play with us a lot of times in the lore mm-hmm. they intentionally write things in there that are for uh people that read the lore because you can even see them kind of poking fun at us for for dissecting the game but you can also see them uh playing with people who read and and kind of leading us on this roller coaster ride of of lore uh, yeah, and I I personally love it. I think it's fantastic and it's fun. Uh, but that's really the early on in Destiny. That's really what got me into it was just because there wasn't anything. And right. so one of the things that one of the things that my analytical brain did was try to understand why these weapons and armor and items were named what they were named. And I found mm-hmm. out a lot of really cool. Uh, you know, Easter eggs, a, re- a lot of really cool real world connections. And I just, it made me fall in love with the writers as a whole, because I found out that a lot of them, you know, are, are, are uh, really, really, really talented, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people believe that too now. Uh, yeah. But I, I, I knew it early on that they were, we were working with some talented people. Heck yeah. So like, what is, what is your favorite, like, piece of lore in destiny that you've done a deep dive on like what what in excites you about an item to then go go through this process of like i want to know the name i want to know the history behind that name i want to know how that how that why why it's named that in destiny yeah so i mean honestly i i I don't really I don't really have a favorite just because I love, I love a lot of them. I have a mm-hmm. lot, like it's impossible to pick a favorite, but um, the ones that I like the most are the ones that I thought weren't going to be anything. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, l- like uh, a really good example is one we used to, one we got in destiny one, which was called Hibridian thought crime. It was a ship mm-hmm. we got from iron banner. Uh, it's a pretty cool looking ship too. And and I didn't know, like, what is, I know what thought crime is, you know, because yeah. George Orwell's, you know, uh, iconic book about 
1984 and 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 the thought police and and locking you up for for having thoughts right you know there's mm-hmm. a crime for that uh but i didn't understand what hibridian had to do with that like i knew what the hibridian islands were but or the isles were but i didn't know why that was relevant and after doing an extensive research i found out that george orwell wrote most of his stuff on the hip on the the hibridy isles you know this like <laughs> this great author you know wrote mm-hmm. a lot and there, there's nowhere you can find this information you know other than if you were really into george orwell and yeah. did a lot of <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> yeah so it was stuff like that that really got me into it and uh, and once i figured that out and really really i felt like i was sitting right there beside the writer understanding what their intention was and uh so it was that interconnectedness that really kind of those are the ones that i love the most or like another really good one would be anton's rule you know Mm -hmm. um yeah at the time at the time nobody knew what that meant and uh (laughs) chekhov's gun right yeah exactly chekhov's gun so (laughs) chekhov's gun uh is an old saying uh that they used to say in plays and in writing and, and and what it means is if if you write that there's a gun in chapter one, you better use it in chapter two or something yeah. like that. Right. That, that's the overall idea is if you yeah. if you mention a gun, if you mention a gun in the book, you better use it, it somewhere later on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like you can't just mention things and then not use it later on. So that particular <laughs> item was so parallel with the universe of destiny because they mentioned all the stuff in grimoire in destiny one but when did they start using it not until way later on yeah right yeah so it's very much anton's rule uh <laughs> Chekhov's gun we've we move from destiny one into destiny two it, like you said the story is like fleshed out a lot more we have way more lore way more background story um that's not shown in the game. We also have backgrounds. We also have story that is actually shown in the game now. So like, what, how do you, how do you feel about that progression? How do you feel? Um, I I'm sure that like, it's a, it's a, it's a glut of riches for you you because (laughs) you've got like so much more to draw from than just those original like grimoire cards. Right. Yeah. And I think a lot of lore people, uh, lore fanatics or whatever you want to call them lore scholars mm-hmm. <laughs> is what we've been calling each other now that we have a word for what we you know <laughs> yeah, yeah um so uh it's a double-edged sword right because the more they put out there um the more there is however what i keep telling people to to as a reminder is all of these things that they're writing in game come from uh, character perspectives um Mm -hmm. so so the writing in this in this universe is very special in a way that uh you're getting it from from perspectives of characters in game or these memory fragments of people and characters in game and so it's all very much how does it look from their vantage point and at that time what did they believe to be you know, this is what, like, right, you know, like, take the Drifter, for example, yeah. he's had many, he's had many different names, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so at any given time, depending on when we're talking about the Drifter, he had a different opinion or a different uh, idea about the world. Like, 
like take Asa, for example, you know, she's the, the big Leviathan that we see in the season of the deep. Her eyeball is always looking at us. Um, mm-hmm. He very much calls her the long girl in the soup now. And, um, but she's more of like a whale figure, right? She's more mm-hmm. of a, a big, big uh, uh, aquatic whale fish looking thing now. But early on, he, he would rumor about it being the long boy. And then the long mm-hmm. boy in the soup, you know? So, like, that's all the same. It's all the same Asa that he was talking mm-hmm. about. Uh, but it would just it depends on when you're talking about Drifter and what he believes. So, these ideas that, you know, Bungie is retconning or changing the stories, I've always been uh, opposed to. And I don't mm-hmm. believe that at all. And I, I believe that it's an it's an evolving story that evolves you don't know what they're going to write you may think you know you may have mm-hmm. you may be a hundred percent sure about whatever you believe but that doesn't mean that you're going to be right and when you're proven wrong it doesn't mean it was a retcon. it just means the story hadn't evolved and you didn't see the new context into which the story was evolving into that's um, about perspective rather than like it's it, yeah. it's perspective rather than his historical like exactly grand narrator stuff yeah because and i'll say this because it's very intentional to do that and because you'll you'll run down one rabbit hole and find out you're you're in the wrong hole you know and you'll be like Mm -hmm. oh wait a second let's dig back out of this and go down this other one so the chase is there it's always been there and that was very intentional is to kind of make you think make you think you know but you have no clue and it's fun right running down the labyrinth and trying to figure out where the maze is is leading is a lot of fun, but you're going to hit a lot of dead ends and you're going to feel like you're just trapped a lot of times. And I think that's mm-hmm. intentional because you can't trust you can, let alone, you can't trust your own mind and what you believe. You can't trust what these characters believe because at mm-hmm. any given point, the whole thing could change or collapse or, yeah. you know, be, be a lie or whatever. Well, and that's like, so a, a couple of things this resonates with me because of a couple of the story beats in the um in the current season like we've had uh-huh. where the witness may have fed us the story of the gardener and the winnower right as like as just like a a possible like biblical rendition of what the universe <laughs> is like yeah so that's one conversation i know the lore community is having the other one is coming from the veil containment where yep. we're getting new context from uh from chioma essie about uh maya sundaresh and now lakshmi lakshmi too right yeah. like so those yeah. perspectives inform like each new bit of information coming out being a perspective base rather than a retcon, I can I can see your point to that. So when when that happened, immediately when that happened, so one of the things is um, I I love to read leaks. <laughs> mm, okay, I'm yeah. the bad I'm the bad guy. I'm the bad I'm guilty guy too because I I love data mined information and I love leaks. Um, I don't share them publicly and I would never ruin your day. Uh, so if I did have something that was just revelatory and I had to share it and I couldn't, uh, I couldn't overcome my own compulsion, I will flag it or I will tell you, Hey, watch out. But mm-hmm. I would never just, I would never just intentionally ruin your day just to be, just to be the first person to say it. Right. Yeah. Um, having said that to you right now, 
I there is a ton of information that I've seen um, over the years of Destiny well before it ever became public or or common knowledge, if you will, quotation mm-hmm. mark. Um, and one of the things I saw was this whole uh, idea of the witness and and the um, the alien race that became the witness. So I had mm-hmm. seen that cutscene, you know, oh my gosh, almost like a month and a half before it came out. Oh uh, yeah, the, it leaked like the first week. Yeah, if and I so I was already I was already trying to reconcile what everybody else is trying to reconcile, and so it took me a, it took me a, a a good a good week before I understood uh you know what could potentially what what could have been potentially going on whatever mm-hmm. so the way i reconcile that whole story beat about the the winnower and the gardener and the witness you know is is going back on those characters like i like i was saying that it's a it's a matter of perspective it's a matter of characters tell, giving this story and it's not an overt lie, like "oh, we're tricking you," haha, you know. Mm-hmm. Because it's if they did it like that, it would just be too apparent, right? And mm-hmm. where's the fun in that? You know, it's like Savathun giving you two truths and a lie. You even to this day, people are debating on which ones are actual truths and which ones are lies. And I see people making video after video, podcast after podcast, of going back and saying, "Oh, well, that must have been one of this the is truths." Clearly, so it. That, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or wait, wait, we were wrong. No, that was the other one. You're right. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. uh that being said, the the story of the winnower and the gardener that we got in game from the unveiling lore book is uh it's it's a it's like the most it's it's probably I guess to, to to debase it in a way that is more like palatable for mo- most people that are digesting this lore, I guess the best way to 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 uh, uh, describe it is it's kind of an allegory for why the light and the darkness exist as two entities that are intertwined and can't separate in one yeah. way or another. And so they had it, it's it's very much like you, you you brought up the biblical reference like it's very much like a story of of biblical accord because yeah it's presented in a way that's allegorical it's presented in a way that's open for interpretation mm-hmm. and open for uh debate even uh but you know that's how all beliefs and mythologies and religions and whatever you are uh you know uh you know aware of in life they're all that way and mm-hmm. so the witness just happens to be the one that kind of compiled it. He's the King James that put it together to present it to you in a way. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah. Right, right, the Nicene right. Council. <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. I like that. Yes. So, uh, so whether you trust that perspective or not, or, or whether you believe what he's telling you is, is true or not, that's up for you to debate. But what's not debatable is the fact that the light and the darkness exist, and this is the easiest way to get your your human brain to understand it. And I'm not talking mm-hmm. about you in the real real world. I'm talking about you as a character in game or guardian, because mm-hmm. these things come from a, a a point of perspective that's intangible. Like we have so many senses that we can rely on, and they're and they're all easily tricked. Mm-hmm. So, so you have to be told in a way that you can grasp in some mm-hmm. way or manner, 
and and really kind of relate that to. So, that being said, the winnower, mm-hmm. the gardener, the story of of creation of the universe, all of that, it, it it's it's a way for you to get context as to what's been going on behind the curtain. And so, the light as an entity and the darkness as an entity uh, being two opposing forces that are somehow interconnected and can't exist without an, one another is a very fun dynamic that we've been wrestling with for the entirety of this of this first saga of destiny mm-hmm. and uh and as ulan tan one of the first characters in game pointed out one can't exist without the other and so i constantly joke about how ulan tan was woke because he saw <laughs> that early on and his yeah. thought process was even considered heretical at the time mm-hmm. uh, but the witness as an entity or as a race of people that became the witness is very much like the opposing um, opposite to what our guardian is. Mm -hmm. So if you think about it, if you step back, look at it from an aerial perspective, we've got the witness who has taken on the mantle of responsibility to become the the winnower. He, Mm -hmm. He wasn't, it wasn't the winnower per se at the beginning of everything. The, the witness wants to be the winner. So he has yeah. taken on that responsibility and has mantled the title, the winner. So now he's death with the mighty side coming down to reap, you know, <laughs> right? So yeah. that's his that's his whole MO right now is, is to become the winner. Almost like Callus wanted to be the herald of the darkness and yeah. champion, you know, he wanted to be the Luca, the very last <laughs> remaining survivor of all things living um so this is well, this is their version of the secret is they're putting go. they're putting their like <laughs> intent out into the world <laughs> yeah so yeah uh, so what i think is beautiful and if you if you'll step back with me for a second and kind of mm-hmm. ascend to this aerial perspective of what's happening if you look at it you've got the witness who is made up of many entities so many entities came together to create one mm-hmm. who is now the who is now represented as representative of the darkness or the champion of the darkness, blah, 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 mm-hmm. mantled that responsibility versus the guardians, which are many from the one, which was mm-hmm. the traveler. So the traveler was fragmented, uh, split apart into to ghosts. The ghosts were created out of the traveler's dying breath. The, the ghosts went around rec, uh, resurrecting champions of the light or people that they they deemed worthy enough to be uh, imbued with this paracausal ability that allows them to ha- be a conduit to the light, yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. So now you have the many that became the one versus the one that became the many. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's a very beautiful thing. So yeah. this is the this is the culmination of ten years of Destiny game, to where we finally get to see what's about to happen. Um, mm. So so to say that the unveiling lore book was a lie and a retcon is not doing it justice, um, mm-hmm. because it's all a matter of perspective. The winner is the winner is does exist but it's outside the game it's you know it's it's the darkness um and they mm-hmm. have many names you know so if you were to say that the winner is uh the witness you'd be wrong because the witness is trying to become the winner yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, the witness yeah. is trying to impose 
its will on on the universe. Yeah, and I will say, and I will say, you know, <laughs> I will say this: like, take it with a grain of salt. Anything can happen. You know, they can just mm-hmm. decide at any point. Uh, never mind. You know, this is yeah. all different. But so, my question with that then is like, in a world where it seems like we have several unreliable narrators if everything is a perspective shift who do you see in this in the destiny 2 universe that is a reliable narrator uh I, there is no reliable narrator <laughs> <laughs> there is no there's no yeah. reliable source for information in this game. You can't trust anybody. You, the only person you can trust is yourself. And it's unfortunate because you're the easiest one to be, be tricked in this game. You're yeah. guardian. You're the mark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're the mark. You're yeah. You're very much. The mark. So, um, you know, I don't like, this is something that we all wrestle with. I mean, everybody wants to know, we all have this hunger and, um, What's something that's been been a hot topic for for us on on the Loose Cannon show, our our weekly our biweekly podcast that we do, mm-hmm. is this we've been bringing up this word a lot lately because it's shown up in game a lot lately and it's shown up so much in how we digest lore, and mm-hmm. it's the word ayat, mm-hmm. um, and so. You know, if you're out there listening right now, what does IOT mean? IOT is to to put it in a in an easily digestible way. IOT is this constant hunger for knowledge and knowing. You know, wanting to know the purpose for for everything, right? Like this insatiable mm-hmm. hunger that you have inside you, and it is that hunger that keeps making you hunger for more. And so mm-hmm. there's like this hole in you. There's a hole inside you and it's this, I got to know, like, I want to know, I want to know so bad that that keeps me going. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, so the word ayat is uttered in the game as a way to evoke darkness power. Um, and early on, we didn't know that, but now that we have a very good understanding with the new lore that has come out, it's very much what, what, what that word meant all along. Just like we thought of the word "obey our mind," mm-hmm. uh, that was that was a way to uh, evoke power in game. "Obey our mind," we thought was only an ahamkara uh, expression, but we found out that that's not the case. It's it's something that the darkness used, or you know, even the mm-hmm. the the witness uses as a way to evoke power or uh, over each other. Mm-hmm. And so, Ayat. If you can throw your mind back to early grimoire, one of one of the first writings we had was uh, a mention of the killing word. And I believe, until I'm proven wrong, I believe that the killing word has been ayat all along. Mm-hmm. And ayat being being a word that Seth Dickinson created, uh, one of the first writers in, in Destiny wrote the Taken King um, lore and the uh, the Book of Sorrows, which everybody mm-hmm. loves, you know. Oh yeah, and, I got and there's it back a good here. reason. <laughs> I got, it, I got it right back here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you don't, if you haven't read the Book of Sorrows, man, you're really missing out because the Book of Sorrows is like the meat and potatoes. It is the book that it completely explains the hive uh, mm-hmm. and teaches you everything you need to know about why the hive exists and what is, how are they connected to the darkness. So 
Um, that being said, Ayat uh, was uttered in, in, in lore at very early on, and it was, it was intentional mm-hmm. uh, because just by having that word in the lore and in the game, uh, you've, you've basically, you've, you've submitted to the darkness in one way or mm-hmm. another. So you have, <laughs> you, the only thing you can do now is try to change your destiny, right? Because yeah. your fate has been sealed. <laughs> incredible. <laughs> yeah, okay. incredible. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, um, how have you been feeling? Uh, I, I know, like, Lightfall was kind of controversial for some in the community. And yeah. I know that, like, last season and now this season, we have Season of the Deep. Um, we had Defiance and then Deep. Like, what are your thoughts on them basically doing a model that runs counter to what they'd done in the past where in the past they would maybe do like um th- you'd have the main dlc be the big story beat of the thing and then each season afterward be an episode in the universe to build out the uh the story of destiny 2 uh past the limits of that story this year yeah. And it seems in the coming year, we have them telling one consistent story over the course of the year. Um, yeah. How how do you feel about that shift in in storytelling in Destiny 2? Um, I, 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 I appreciate it. Uh, not because as a consumer or because of uh, my own, like... I try to take myself out of it and try to put myself in the perspective of the writers. And one thing that the writers have had trouble with since the beginning of Destiny is all of their writing just coming out way before the content ever came out or mm-hmm. being data mined or being shared publicly. And that's not how it was ever meant to be delivered. But we have things like the API and we have things like in-game coding where they just can't hold everything redacted until you know it shows up. But when Lightfall came out, they were able to do that um, Mm -hmm. for the first time. You know, they've been able to do that, just not as effectively until recently. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, And I, I see, I see what you're saying there, because it's like, well, if it's not all in the game, then they can't all be dead. (laughs) Like, like, yeah. It's, I, yeah. I see it now as a clever as as kind of a clever move on that front. Yeah. Uh, so what they did, yeah. what they did was is they delivered it to you in a way that they they've been wanting to deliver it to you all along. Um, mm-hmm. It's just that we don't like that. <laughs> because we, <laughs> want every, we want everything now. We want to know it all yeah. now. We want to know. We want to be the first ones to figure it out. You know, it's it's fun. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you you see it all the time. Uh, with anything you know even in social media like who's the first one to say this oh heck yeah let's do it you know i I told y'all you know that that moment (laughs) where i told you so is like the most important thing for most people um we all fall for it it's fine it's it is what it is it's the fun part of it i mean it's like a day one raid race for lord nuts you know being able to figure out the first thing but that being said for people that are in the lore uh, and fully immersed in the lore and been dealing with the lore, you know, on a daily basis since forever, uh, you get to this point where you really start to feel empathy for the people that are giving you the lore. And you start to understand that 
even some of the lore writings in game are the authors telling you, Hey, we're not having a good time, you know, yeah. whether that be, whether that be personal struggles in real life or, uh, how insatiable we are and how, mm-hmm. how, you know, mean we can be and, and stuff like that. They've even written stuff into the lore that addresses those things. And if you're, mm-hmm. if you're intuitive enough, or if you're listening hard enough, you can see it. Um, mm-hmm. and so that pulls on my heartstrings because I feel, I feel like as a lore person, I have this responsibility to kind of like shelter, uh, you know, them a little bit. And so anything that they can use as a tool to help them, um, deliver lore in this game, the way they want it to be delivered. Hey man, more, more power to them. I, I just, mm-hmm. I wish they had even more insulation from us because a lot of times we can tear things down, uh, that if you looked at them on the face of them are very beautiful stories and beautiful, um, uh, you know, narratives that, that we just, Oh, this sucks because I don't like that yeah. character or that the way their voice line was presented. I don't like this whole game now, or, you know, I, I did the, did the whole campaign campaign in 30 minutes. And so this story sucks, you know, it's like yeah. stuff like that, that, that really kind of, you know, it kind of can tick you off, you know? And so I, I think we have, I think we have to, you know, look at ourselves a little bit more and, and say, Hey, are are we really hating on the game because of the story or are we just hating on the game because it doesn't suit our own experience or our, our own, or it doesn't suit the way we play. Right. Or, or it feels Um, in vogue. Yeah. There you go. There you go. That's good. Um, (laughs) so, you know, I, if you, I had it too, like I, I could jump in a crucible match and be like, this sucks. Right. Yeah. But that doesn't make, that doesn't make me go. Oh, I hate Seth Dickinson. You know what I mean? So like <laughs> where 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 do oh, we yeah. draw the line, guys? Where yeah, do we yeah. draw the line? Are we are we are we doing this correctly or not? You know, and um Yeah. So just cut it out. <laughs> I will say I will say anytime I get hit by a cabal like drop pod, I do uh-huh. go Farnsworth. So just to, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. that, you know, and and that's all in jest, you know. Yeah, I mean, exactly. That's fun. I, I mean, but like getting mad at, at Destiny f- for having uh, the Crota raid ruined because you can cheese it by pulling out your Ethernet cord is justifiable, right? But, yeah. but, but getting mad at Destiny because you rushed through the campaign and you were suddenly felt mm-hmm. devoid or empty inside because you don't know what happened. Is that their fault yeah. or is it, is it the way the game was delivered? You know, so like, yeah, you've got, there's, there's, there are a lot of things running in parallel and, mm-hmm. and to flame one, it's like yelling at a community manager for things that are mechanical in game. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, direct, I will director, say this. Yeah. Like there is the, like, I, I'm not a huge fan of the, the delivery method of the seasonal story when it comes, when it becomes like week over week stuff. But like that is never I've never wanted to write anybody about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like And so we I, we're we're found in this we're found we, we find ourselves in this place where we want we're passionate about the game. And and mm-hmm. that's I love it. And so that's why I don't really that's why I really don't judge people on as a whole when it comes to stuff like that, because you're passionate about it, you love it and yeah. you want to see it succeed. It's your baby, you've been playing it for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Um 
for fun and profit. You've also, yeah, you've also got to recognize that there's a lot of things running in parallel and, you know, there's a lot of things that the writers can't control and there's a lot of things that the game designers can't control. And, you know, they run, they run together and they try to run in sync as best they can, but sometimes things don't work out the way they want. And so yeah. they've got to scrap or they've got to hide or they've got to redact or the, the content in game was too much or it's too much. You know, everybody likes to push that the servers are getting overloaded and they're at peak capacity and we're all in the red line, you know, mm. like, you know, storage capacity, all that stuff, whatever. I don't know if that's necessarily true or not, but whatever you think it is, there's probably a way better explanation for it. And I mean, two things running side by side don't necessarily equate to um you know equate to like bad bad game destiny bad you know what i mean um it's like they could have done better and they screwed up here so let's make it better next time but there's a lot of things that they have to consider whenever they write things in and whenever they bring things uh to the public uh to play and one thing that one thing that has made me really happy lately is when we got the season of the deep um Mm -hmm. we had a lot of other games to play at the same time oh yeah yeah so i mean i mean you yourself you've been playing other games everybody's been playing other games (laughs) i've been like i played alan i played alan wake which was like a 10 10 year old wait hold on hold on (laughs) 13 year old game that's unexpected (laughs) yeah well, I mean, the sequel's coming out like later this year, and I was like, ah, maybe let's oh, see if okay, I like okay. this. And so, sure. like, yeah, I did that, and I've been playing. Uh, I'm looking forward to Sea of Stars coming yeah. out next next um, or this coming month. This month, it's now this month. Yeah. Is <laughs> like, yeah, it's it's just kind of crazy. But yeah, I, I feel I feel that, and like, there's there's a lot of other games. There's a lot of other stuff to do. Um, when uh, kind of coming in for the landing here, I think my last question to you is like, what for people who are wanting to get into the lore of Destiny 2, um, yeah. where what where do you think people should like start first or like go um, to first? Yeah, that's a that's a favorite question for a lot of people. Um, yeah. So I wouldn't even necessarily say that you have to do anything, but mm-hmm. if you were getting into the game for the very first time and you wanted a clear picture of what is the game right now is the perfect time because, yeah. and, I, and I say this all the time, when Bungie is quietest is when you should listen the most. When you think there's absolutely nothing for you to do in Destiny is the exact time that you should start looking mm-hmm. at all the little things because they've planted seeds just now like with the with the veil containment being doled out oh, yeah. every week and they didn't tell anybody this stuff you know and so a lot of people are like why isn't this you know apparent in game why isn't this shown right here and it's you know i think it's just funny because well had you been playing you probably would have saw it or if you were in the game every week like you know yeah like I will say people, where they place it. that where they place that on the map is sure <laughs> a little yeah, dubious, but, <laughs> but yeah, like, yeah, but they, yeah, that's ahead. how they work. That's how they work. Mm. They love to do that. They love to put things in a corner and see if you'll notice it. Mm-hmm. 
And I love that about Destiny. I've loved that about Bungie forever. And they've always done that. We've gotten lore items that came out a year before new expansions or new uh, seasonal content. And that one particular lore, lore item is all of a sudden telling you, hey, this is what we were talking about a year before it came out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, we got a lore uh, item in-game that talked about the the, the Drifter well mm-hmm. before he ever showed up. And 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 other things like that. I mean, there's so many little things. Well, um, yeah, and with Veil, Veil Containment, we're finding out that the future, like... Future War Cult? Yeah, the Future yeah. War Cult machine yeah. was yeah. the Veil. Yeah. <laughs> Essentially. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, exactly. And so, like, that's the great thing is uh, the Veil Containment has been a good source for for them to put the lore in game um, mm-hmm. that can be doled out progressively so that you don't get hit all at once and then you're just yeah. like, oh, forget it. You know, I don't it get fe- it because, yeah. It feels like it's it's adding a lot of context. And like, I think that's where like people are like retcons, but (laughs) but like, it it feels like it's you know, adding a lot of context to stories that we already know, while also like, seemingly pushing into what the future territory is. Yes. So if you were going to jump into the lore right now, um, Mm -hmm. I can definitely say, oops, that was not supposed to happen. Anyway. A little bit of Brian, you know, early in the morning. Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> All good. I'm a I'm a huge uh, music nerd too. As as Dan Finity can attest, we probably oh I know oh I know yeah we banter back and forth about it a lot. <laughs> oh my gosh, dude, it's so early right now. Um, anyway, so the I, I only wanted to get the name right for the book, and that's why that music came mm-hmm. on. But there is a lore book in game that's there right now and so if you're just now getting into destiny read the in spiral lore book oh my god mm-hmm. the in spiral the in spiral lore book is telling you everything right now and uh I, i'm surprised that people aren't covering it like crazy right now but we're we're mm-hmm. trying but anyway um the in spiral book is telling you all of the things that you thought or you wondered about in Destiny as a whole, going all the way back to early dim, uh, Grimoire, and it's basically cementing things, or as the witness would say, calcifying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, calcifying your universe in a way uh, to make the final shape. Uh, anyway, the, the cool thing about Inspiral is um, we never really had a uh, a source for the lore's the lore to be cemented in game and uh, the inspiral lore book is really doing that and so mm-hmm. if you go and read it now you'll you'll have this clear picture of what's you know what we've been uh fed over the last 10 years uh and and right now is probably the best time to get into the lore if you haven't been getting into the lore if you've just been playing or if you just don't even know what destiny is and you just want to get into it uh read mm-hmm. that first if if you want my opinion, read that first, because reading that first is going to open up a whole universe in your mind and make you want to know everything you can about all the little things they're talking about. Heck yeah, dude. Well, Rhino, thank yeah. you so much for, for getting up so early <laughs> for, for sitting with <laughs> me in this call. Uh, 
for for the show this week. Uh, where can people find you on the internet, sir? Yeah, so I mean, just like I said, you can go to Armory Defined uh, on Twitter, X, whatever it's called now. Um. <laughs> 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 That's where I do most of my uh, lore entries, lore card. I call them destiny lore cards because mm. it, it's more it's more or less an item in game and how does it relate to the real world and how does how do we show the interconnectedness of that item within the destiny story and your real world experience, giving you context clues as to what's actually what is, what are they talking about? You know, uh, mm. that that hunger came from just wanting to know what does that word mean? You know, you, you read a lot of things and you're like, what does that word mean? You know, and you look it up and you see the quick definition. You're like, well, that doesn't really make sense. But if you dive in, if you dive in and go deep, you unlock a lot of really cool stuff. And so that's the whole intention behind uh, armory Define. And we found some really cool stuff and you could just look through there go through all the images and you'll see, there's like tons of of uh, Destiny lore cards that I've done over the years. And, Hell yeah, uh, dude! Like, yep. I like going through that has been very cool <laughs> for for me because <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay, like like you're you're just you you have the board in front of you, you have all the pictures, and now you're just taking yarn <laughs> and, you're, yeah. and you're putting it all together. It's the it's yeah. a Charlie Day meme <laughs> as a yeah, as is. a it Twitter is. account. <laughs> that's a good that's a good uh that's a good visual representation of how the inside of my brain looks probably um <laughs> uh, yeah but you know we work we work with some really uh really cool f- concepts in game and and i don't proclaim to know everything right i don't yeah that's the whole that's the whole point of this is you know i i really i really go out into the world with a childlike sense of wonder because i don't know what this stuff is so I very much want to know. And just from that hunger, like I ought, yeah. I go out and find the information and try to do the best job I can to, you know, present it in a way that, um, you know, is not droning. Hopefully this podcast wasn't droning or me talking too no, much, no. but, you know, just, I tried to present it in a way that is easily digestible yeah. and also makes you think, wow, that's really cool. I learned something today. Or, Oh, I already knew that, but that's neat how it how it kind of relates to destiny now. You know, yeah. just that's the whole point. My name's Danfinity. You can find me on Twitter and TikTok and the Instagram at Danfinity, where the eyes are else. You can also find me on Twitch three days a week, twitch.tv forward slash Danfinity, helping guardians out with in-game activities. If you want to support the show, you can rate and review on your podcast platform of choice. Anything you say helps us in the algorithm. And if you want to give a few bucks a month to help keep the lights on, head on over to coffee.com forward slash Danfinity. That is ko-fi.com forward slash Danfinity. All the links are in the notes for the show. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you find what you're grinding for.